Hello and welcome to my next show. Uh, I'm actually very, very lucky today. I'm being joined by Lisa, my wife. Hello. <laughs> she's uh, she's going to join me today to talk about the other side of things um, with regards to the diagnosis of MS, because obviously it does affect the person, obviously, in a very, very serious manner. But actually, it does also impact the family around that person. So today, completely off script, not a single script written, no interest in that. We're just going to have a conversation about how things have been for the last 10 years or so and up to date. Because as I say, up to date is where it's really become a, a massive issue. Um, so bear with us. This is the first time we've ever done anything like this. So uh, please, please forgive us if this doesn't work quite as well as it should. But we're going to try our best. And what you will find is we're very fun people together. So we're going to do lots of laughing and joking because that's the kind of married couple we are. Um, so here we go. We're going to start very, very lightly. Um, from your point of view, how did all this start? How did it come about? Um, well, obviously, you came back from the Olympics, didn't you? And you had what you thought at the time was just poorly feet. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and then obviously putting a lot out there, you went to the doctors and they gave you medication for athlete's foot. Yep. We've got your treatment from chemists for this athlete's foot, but it just would never go away. Um, and you was at work one night when um, one of the army people, if you remember, mentioned to you that he didn't believe that that would be athlete's foot. That's correct. I was uh, working as a doorman at the time and... Uh... Yeah, it was very much a case of when I had this conversation with this, this chap, uh, he literally said to me, he said, there's no way that's just athlete's foot. And of course, me being me, I just totally ignored it, didn't I? Uh, yeah. And then everything else just sort of like got ignored. And we just kept accepting it was obviously just athlete's foot. Uh, fast forward a few years that you thought the infection from this foot problem had travelled to your legs. Yep. Um. And then you went to the doctors not long ago, actually, was it? It was about last year? Yeah, it would have been last year. Yeah, it would have been back in the last year, wouldn't it? Roughly. Um, oh, no, it was around our wedding. Yes. Because you got put on um, some special tablets, then you said that you couldn't drink with them. That's correct, yeah. Um, yeah, at our wedding. And I couldn't drink. That's just not right at all, but there you go. And then they were doing some investigating then because they thought it the tablets that you was on could affect your liver. Yep. Um, and then they kept doing more and more with antibiotics and more tablets. And then um, your symptoms just kept getting worse. And yep. then it was a case of you need to go to the doctor. And it was about that sort of point, wasn't it? Uh, sort of back end of last year, where it really was made clear that actually this MRI scan has got to happen. Yeah. And... You know, I went for that scan and I thought... You were scared. Yeah. Really, really scared. Because you rang me from the hospital saying that you couldn't have it done. Yep. And you was really disappointed in yourself. I was. Um, it was really early in the morning because you rang me while I was still in bed. Yes. <laughs> um, and I could just hear in your voice that you sounded so disheartened at the fact that you couldn't have it done. And then you said, we're never going to find out what's wrong. Yep. Um, and then you'd done some online research for um, open 
scanners for MRIs and obviously we then paid privately um, and that's when it started piecing the you know puzzle together it, it did that's right and if you remember after that first scan um, I didn't notice what I later noticed uh, actually on that paperwork where at the very very bottom in the smallest possible writing it said about if there was a concern of demyelination a second scan with contrast dye uh -huh. would be necessary. Yeah. If you remember, we didn't even really pay any attention to that, did we? Because I came home and I, I gave you the report as soon as I got it. And we sort yeah, of read through it. Yeah, you were able to have a look, wasn't you, at yes. the pictures and you were fascinated. <laughs> I was. We were literally studying them like we was the, you know, what are they called? It's not <laughs> sonographers or anything. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm not so sure. But yeah, no, it was very much a case of we were sort of looking at it as if to say, oh, right, well, we can see this, we can see this, that. <laughs> exactly, yeah. it was brilliant. Um, yeah, I must admit, it was it's weird to look at when you're looking at it and you're thinking, hang on, that's inside my body. Yeah, because we had your now <laughs> granddad round at the, that weekend. That's right, yeah. And your granddad was really interested and said, oh, so this is... And it was like your, your whole inside was being shown around the table. <laughs> it was. It was brilliant. It really was quite interesting. But yeah, I mean, it was it was sort of after that. It was good, good few months after that, wasn't it? That, yeah, uh, it was quite a long, a long process. And I think because you know you've got to wait, it feels longer than it actually was. Definitely, because we then um, got told by the doctor that I had to have this second scan mm. uh, with the contrast dye. And then I started putting some things together, and I said, yeah. you know, could it be MS? Yes, absolutely. And to be honest Everyone with you, was like, no, no, it can't be that. And I was. Well, you've got this symptom, you've got that symptom, you've got this one, yep. and it was sort of all adding up. And in my head, I thought I knew it would be MS. Yep. But everybody else around thought it could be fibromyalgia. Um, could it just be something to do with your knees because you had a problem with your knee when you was doing football? Yep. Or, or could it be weight because you was adamant it was weight? Yeah, I was. You went on a thing of positive. losing weight. Yeah. I did, and uh, you know, what did I lose in a very short? I think it was about three and a bit. It's about stone. three. Yeah, it's about three, three and a half stone uh, in best part of ten months. Yeah, I dropped, and I must admit, I, you I, could I, see in your face though that you'd lost quite a lot. In, yeah, from my point, you looked quite poorly. Yeah, yeah. And obviously, we hadn't seen my sister either for quite a long time because of COVID. Right. Yeah. And when she came up, she then said that you looked poorly. Yeah. Um, and then. Obviously, more doctor's appointments came, and at the time, the doctor would see you a little bit more. Um, he done some more tests, and I remember when you came out, and obviously you said that you've got a yeah. potential of what it could be. Well, this is this is old point. So we had that second scan, <coughs> and they called me in for that doctor's appointment. Mm. And as I've said previously on a on a previous podcast, I walked in there and I literally made a joke to the doctor about oh this is where you're going to tell me there's nothing on it yeah and you said uh, he was so serious and he was like no afraid not yeah and he, he said to me he said sit down but you all automatically we was thinking the worst as well wasn't we, we were thinking yes. you know what if it's something else yeah yeah absolutely and you do and i think as, as anyone whether it was you going through it or a family member you automatically think this is the worst thing going on yep um and i remember you closed off quite a lot and absolutely you, you sort of bottled a lot up and then once you were starting to get your diagnosis coming through, you, you sat in the bath and you said, I want to make myself and everybody else aware of everything else that's going on. And you'd set yourself a few little goals and now you've started to do them. Uh, and absolutely. I've seen in yourself that you are a lot more positive when it comes to being 
MS related. Well, this is the whole point. I mean, you know, and, and I'll be totally honest. Um, you know, when, when I first got told by the doctors to expect the diagnosis of MS, if you remember, there was quite a few occasions where, I, mm. for me personally, the time where I would get most emotional was when I was just sat in the bath. Mm, it's because you're on your own. Yeah. And you've got all your thoughts going around because it's when you're relaxed. Yes, absolutely. And because of that, your brain can relax and it's a case of this is actually happening. Yeah. How do I change that? How can I not change the outcome of it, but how can I make a change of the difference that's going on for me, for my family, for other people? And the only way to do that is always keep positive because if you always think negative, you're going to always be down. Absolutely. And this is the whole point. I mean, from my point of view, from each and every one of those times that I'm laid there in the bath getting really upset and thinking to myself, I don't know. And at the time, I knew nothing about MS, nothing at all. Um, and I'm sat there and I'm thinking, what's going to happen? You know, what happens? I've got this family that I love and I need to be there for. Am I going to be able to be there for this family? Uh, and it was horrible, genuinely. It was the most horrible thing in the world. Well, if you remember, the um, kids started to get a little bit... Because um, they they picked up... The, and then, obviously, we told them what had gone on. And yep. they started to get a little bit... Oh, okay. Like, you was fragile. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and it was like, no, we just need everyone to carry on being the fun, you know, fun family that we actually are. Because yeah, we are yep. built upon fun, laughter and pranks. We love it. And that's, you know, joys of being us yeah exactly and was there was it. some times where even i got a little bit are you okay are you okay do you remember when we was going shopping are you okay are you okay and he said what make me more yep. okay if you stop saying am i okay but you do you sort of feel like you've got that protection and and you got wrapped up in a bit of a bubble and then yep. you suddenly have to pop that bubble to say look i'm still me i'm here i'm okay yes i struggle but i'm okay stop asking if i'm okay and it, it became a habit because whenever we was in the shopping center, like, are you okay? Are you okay? And he's just like, stop looking, stop asking if I'm okay. And you can't help it. But then recently, the kids especially, they've got more fun about it. Haven't yeah, they? absolutely. And that, to be honest with you, that's the one thing that right from where I sort of started to come to terms with everything, I wanted everything to be fun. I wanted it to be, yeah, okay, this is a horrible thing. Well, not a joke. Thing. We know it's not a joke. No, this is a horrible thing. But for us... And for me, my way of getting through this is actually to try and accept it, accept how absolutely horrific it is. It is horrible. I mean, I'm going to be honest. This condition is evil. Mm -hmm. It really is. Because one day you could be as okay as possible. The next day you could be in absolutely floods of pain and really struggling to do a, a thing. Yeah. And quite honestly... For, for me and for us, as we've said, we are a very fun family. We do have a laugh. We do have a joke. That's how we get through it. For me personally, that's what I need. I need the fun aspect. Yeah, you need to keep as normal to yourself as you can. Because otherwise, as much as you're living with MS, you're letting the MS control who you are. And all right, it's already starting to take parts of the person themselves. Mm -hmm. But you still need to remember that you are a fighter. Yes. And... It, you know you're you're living with it and it's it's you know it's not there to be nice but you can't let it control your life quite right absolutely you know, correct. What I mean? you know that is absolutely spot on for, for me I, I am very lucky and i've said this in previous podcasts i am very very lucky that i've got a family that are there no matter what 
they're there, they support me, and I've got to be honest with you, you're incredible at what you do, you, you really are, absolutely fantastic. Yeah, you just got to keep um, going. Exactly, and we do that. Now, that's probably enough on the sort of real basic aspect of it. <clears throat> in, in terms of um, the deterioration that you're seeing. It's heartbreaking. Yeah, from my point of view, I know over the last few months how difficult things have become for me yeah. personally. How is that for you? It's hard. Seeing that. It is. And it's... what is it you're seeing? I'm seeing somebody that... You have always been quite a strong, able-bodied person that would literally do whatever they possibly can. You still do that, but you have struggles. Yes. And, you know, you do get a little bit sad when yes. you know that oh, I can't do it anymore. And we're there to pick up the pieces to help that because we still want you to be you. Yeah. It is heartbreaking seeing that you've gone from that strong, independent you know, young man, to now young be... Young man, I like it. <laughs> to now being dependent on your sticks yep. or, or your chair or your, you, you know, your scooter. And I know that that breaks you, which then breaks me. Yeah. But you don't give in. No. And even if you was on your, you know, on your backside, you would still find a way of doing it. And that's, you know, the determination that you keep giving and that, you know, we love you for that. Because you're not going to allow it to be who you are. No, and, that, and that's exactly it. And this is it is hard. Is There's times where I think, you know, if I could take it away from you and, and I'll take it, I would. Ooh. Thankfully, you can't do that. <laughs> As I've said to you previously, from my point of view, this is my cross to bear. It's and, ours and, because uh, at the end of the day, you've got yep. the fight, we've got the fight, and you're stronger when we're all together. Yes, absolutely. You know, I think the hardest thing for any person, you know, to see their loved one deteriorate is the fact that you know that it's hurting them just as much as it's hurting you, if not yep. worse. Yeah, you always had a doubt. And that's the whole point. And this is why this conversation was actually quite good, because getting this out there for everyone to listen to. He's been wanting me to come on here for ages. <laughs> it's true. It's very true. I've been going on for a long time. And I think it was one of the kids the other day. I think you're really upset and he really wants you to come out there. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the studio. Um, but yeah, I mean, this, this is our point to get this out there because, again, there's going to be other people out mm -hmm. in the world who maybe don't understand and don't realise that... You look at the difference because obviously oh. one of our mates have got MS. Yes. And she's now competing in 5K runs. Yes. Um, because hers, thankfully, has got to a point where she's... Doing all right with it, isn't she? Yeah, she certainly seems to be. Um, and I think your point is because you've not on your treatment and we're still waiting for that. And I think you've got the, you know, sitting and waiting game. And I think that's what's eating you up more than anything else because you don't know which way to, you know, to turn. Yeah, and I'll be honest with you, I think you're seeing that absolutely right. And we've had this conversation, haven't mm. we, where from my point of view... This sitting and waiting game is absolutely breaking me. It really is. And I totally understand that at the moment things are difficult. 
But actually, people out there, and I, I by no means am I saying I'm in a worse condition than no, anyone else. No, definitely, my heart goes out to each and every one of them. Without a doubt, you know, no matter what the condition is, whether it, you know it's MS or anything, my heart actually breaks for all of them. Yeah. Not just you know them as an individual, but the whole families, because it's not just that one person's fight. Yeah. It's everyone's, but you know it is heartbreaking at the fact that everyone just gets ignored. Yeah, without a doubt. What What's the one thing? that you see with the decline that I've had that is more surprising to you, i.e. physically, um, like the physical changes, even mentally, what, what sort of things do you, surprises you about what you're seeing? Well, your mobility is not great anymore. <laughs> That's, um, that's an understatement. <laughs> I joked that I'm going to buy you a Zimmer frame for Christmas, didn't I? <laughs> you did, you did, yes. Um, but no, joking aside, it it's a little bit of everything, obviously, because you've always been quite good with your memory. Yeah. You've always remembered everything, no matter yeah. what it is. You're the first person. Yeah, I remember that. I remember that. I can do that. But now the slightest little thing. I mean, what your your long term memory is is brilliant. Yeah, I mean, as, as I said, you remember things from being back home when you was little. Yeah, I mean, I, I literally, I can still remember my very first ever football coach, and I'm not gonna not gonna name him because that's not fair. I can remember his name, I can remember what he looked like, and I can remember certain training sessions that he put on for my junior school football team. I can literally mm. remember that. But yeah, as you're saying, things like I can put a set of keys down. Or a chocolate bar that I've left yep. in the fridge. <laughs> yeah. That you've eaten, but you can't remember eating it. <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean, that that has happened. Let's be totally honest, it's happened. Um, no, it is just a bit of everything. Yeah, I mean, say memory-wise, I'll be honest with you, I'm, I'm there with you because that's. You could use the horrible. term. He was always fit as a fiddle. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I don't know if you use them terms anymore because obviously it's something my dad would have said. No, I'll be honest. It's a perfectly reasonable um, comment. I say fit as a fiddle is, is something that I would have always. Yeah, you've always been, been quite healthy. Yeah, I'll be honest with you. I mean, until this, blimey, I probably went to the doctors. Once every... Never. <laughs> yeah, once every less than blue moon. Yeah. I mean, I would avoid the doctors like the plague. Yeah, I'd you, just crack you on. You to see them. No. Uh, and now... They've become your best mate. Yeah, basically. <laughs> they, they might as well give me a, a spare room because it is very much a case of... You're getting a pro at it all, really, aren't you? Yeah, and I mean, let's be honest, as you've said... In terms of MRI scan, where you I was... You know them inside out now, back to front. Horrific. I mean, it was just the most horrific thing in the world to me is an MRI scan. But actually, through help that I'd received on support group, uh, on top yeah, of they what I'd... with you. They really were absolutely fantastic. Um, and on top of the, the bits I kind of taught myself, and again, I've done this on a previous, po previous podcast where I've explained um, how I now cope with an MRI scan do you know what I've got no fear for them mm. I've gone from crying to you on the phone to about Ham and Barry's exactly to laying in there listening to a bit of music and alright we've been in here for an hour and a half boom job done thanks yeah. very much appreciate that see you again in a year yeah basically or in your case literally constantly at the minute yeah more or less <laughs> more or less but yeah I mean that's that's kind of where things are um in, in terms of 
how it's seen on both sides and as, as you pain, can tell pain yeah. is another one because obviously again you're not one of these that have always had pain no. and you've always had quite a good pain threshold mm -hmm. sort of thing and on that you're like me because we don't really do pain no nope. but it is hard seeing and hearing because obviously you try not to let on but we know these things we're not stupid <laughs> and hearing how you know restless you are because you're in pain and tends to be in bed at night yeah it? it is and you suddenly suffer with that is it restless leg syndrome or whatever uh, and yeah you suddenly you're starfishing and you don't realize it but your leg is just sort of like going around like a blooming shark in the sea <laughs> and it is it's it's hard and i just feel like how can i help you more when nobody knows what else to do yeah yeah quite right uh, and this is from my point of view it's horrible knowing that Actually, you're looking at it in that way and you're desperate to help. And that, and I'm desperate for the help, let's be honest. Mm. But actually, apart from doing what you do by just being there, there's no other help that can be given. And it is, it's not easy. I'll be honest, it's not easy. And that's for me. So if it's not I mean, you do have me, down days as well, don't you? Most definitely. Um, but you have a lot more good days than you do bad. Yeah. Um, not in the physical aspect, but in, in the mental aspect, you do have a lot more good uh -huh. than bad. And that yep. is good because, you know, I don't know what you feel because, again, everyone's different and everyone's got their own ways. But you are quite a positive person. And you like last night we was watching telly and you did have a little bit of a, a soppy moment, but yeah. you literally snapped straight out of it. Yep. and that's the sort of thing that you would never have done because little things like that would never have got to you. No, and let's be honest, <laughs> as I say, I've got to a point, we're sitting and watching a TV programme and somebody could be very unwell or dying on a TV programme. Mm. never used to bother me. I could sit and watch it now. You could watch all the gory stuff. Yeah. Well, now it's... <laughs> exactly. I, I sit and watch these TV programmes. Actually, it upsets me. It does upset me and I can't work out why. <laughs> I'll be honest, I really can't work mm. out why. I think we've had a big role reverse. <laughs> yeah, quite a quite serious one. Yeah. That was always you, but now these days... Yeah, I'd always have like a pillow in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically, yeah. Yeah. Uh, very much the case. But yeah, I mean, that's, uh, that's, that's a good conversation. As I say, hopefully um, this comes across quite well to you all. Because, as I say, MS is a horrible condition. Yeah. It is, and again, I'm going to use the term, it's evil. It's evil. And I'm going to go so far as to say it's actually insidious. Because one minute, you're kind of all right. And then all of a sudden, it creeps up. Boom. Yeah. It, it attacks you somewhere. And that, to me, that's the definition of evil. And quite honestly... Everyone out there, and I've, I believe I've said this previously, always make sure that you do know where you can turn. You know, yeah, whether, whether that's friends, family, whether that's charities, please turn to someone, talk to them, and just explain how you're feeling. Because, as we say, I've had times where, and I still have them, where actually this gets to me in quite a serious manner. Yeah, it does. But as you can hear, thankfully, I've got incredible support, really have. And I want everyone to, to kind of have some understanding of the support that's out there to them for this type of thing. Because 
we all need someone. Whether that's someone we know or whether that's someone we don't, we all need somebody to turn to. Now, just remember that you're more stronger than you actually believe you are. Most definitely. You know, and everyone's got a fight in them. Yep. And even on your worst days, just remember you've got it. Yep. And you can keep going. You definitely can. I think that'll probably do for today. Uh, the one thing I'm going to do very briefly, because Lisa has got her own social media channels. Um, so I'm going to hand you over to Lisa just for a, a few seconds. And she's going to let you know her social media channel name. Because, again, her channels are based on fun. Just fun, nothing else. And to be fair, she goes out of her way to try and make people smile. Whereas Peter Pan says, never grow up. Quite. Uh, do you know what? <laughs> Absolutely spot on. So over to Lisa. She's going to very quickly let you know her social media channels. Please, if you want to, go over and follow her. And at some point, she will make you smile. That's certain. Please keep a listen out for her laugh. No. <laughs> please, please keep that listen out. It's worth it. Believe me. Over to you. Right, well, my TikTok and Instagram is Lisa and the Madhouse. Um, you're more than welcome to follow me if you want. I do crazy, funny, silly stuff that, well, that's just me. It's what I do. Um, I'm not everyone's cup of tea, but I've just had a cup of tea, so I'm obviously my own. I'm drinking mine currently. Um, yeah, and mine is nothing to do with you know might or always ms obviously i do have him on mine so if you're on his you can find mine on his um but yeah mine is just about me being crazy funny <laughs> and stupid <laughs> all right well as i always say i really appreciate each and every one of you for for listening um every time i see those numbers tick up mm. genuinely a sense of pride is is huge She'll yeah, tell he, you. he comes running. Oh, I've got another one. <laughs> well, thank you all for listening. Thank you. And I will talk to you all in a week's time. Speak to you soon. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>